Welcome back to New Way, where we're challenging new ways to balance our emotional well-being and take the power back. And my next guest is one of Cork's finest hurlers. He has five Munster medals, three All-Ireland Senior medals, and was Hurler of the Year in 2004. He also released his autobiography back in 2013. Welcome, Sean O'Gohalpin. It's such an honour to have you here to talk, uh, talk to me. So welcome and um, thank you so much for giving us your time. That's no problem at all, Claire, and thanks for having me. I'm I'm honoured to be interviewed by you, and I look forward to our chat. Thank you. I growing up, Sean Og, I I don't think I knew any hurlers' names. I might have known Jodine because there was a bit of a song, um, but I didn't know anyone yeah. except for Sean Ogo had been. Um, so I'm sure that's an honour for you to to hear that. <laughs> um. And I remember the buzz after you led Cork into winning the All-Ireland Final in 2005 and that unbelievably inspiring speech you'd done, Asquilga. Um, How did you feel doing that speech? Were you like really nervous or were you just pumped up with adrenaline? Yeah, um, geez, uh, great question. Um, mixed emotions because naturally enough, after the game, when you're after winning the All-Ireland, it's like... Um, I keep on describing the people when they ask me what's it like to win an All Ireland final. I said, look, it's it's your boyhood dreams. Do you know what I mean? Kind of growing up, and it's after coming to fruition. And um, so you're so elated, ecstatic. You're very emotional as well. You're 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 you're, you're, you're laughing. But you're on the verge of crying because it's like it's, it's like an end of a long journey, do you know what I mean? When you started as a young kid. Um, and so and then you have teammates then, you know, surrounding you, and then basically what you call it. And then that's another very emotional process as well, because basically, um, you know, like the fans, the fans and people who go to the games only see the tip of the iceberg of what goes on yeah. in the playing season. You know, for me, the heartbeat of a season with a team is December, January, February, when you're in the middle of nowhere, when no one is looking at you and, you know, you're putting in the hard ground or the hard work, you know what I mean, that goes that goes into season and the only people that really experience in your like kind of hardship and turmoil is your teammates because yeah. they're there. There's no one else. So, um, so when you hug your teammates after a game, it's real recognition to say, yeah, you were there as well as I was you know, there in Ballygarvin or Bally go backwards, wherever it was, do you know what I mean? And it's usually like preseason training when you're preparing for the championship clear is like, like the weather is shocking, you know, it's, it's, it's wet, miserable, it's dark. Um, yeah. I it's can half eight, half eight. And then other, other, like other young male adults, your age are probably in front of a fire watching friends or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Or they're watching yeah. champions league game, do you know what I mean? And then you're giving up like your personal time. So, so it's so you have that going on, and then all of a sudden, then just to come back to your question, you have to pick yourself up because you have to walk up the steps and accept the cup, do you know what I mean, on behalf of the team. And uh, and then the, 
the more steps you take up to the podium, the more nervous you get because basically you're trying to park your ecstatic emotions and you're nervous because you don't want to fluff your lines because basically you're like, at, at that stage, you probably have one point odd million people viewing in, do you know what I mean? Kind of looking at the TV and the president of the J is just about to present the cup to the captain and you, you, you just don't want to, you just don't want to mess it up because basically equally, equally where you're known for giving you know, a good speech, you could be equally known for giving a poor speech. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, and I put up my hand, that wasn't, but my speech wasn't off the cuff. I, like, I, I had to prepare for it. I, 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 I learned it off and, um, I sought, uh, I sought guidance and help from my Irish teacher, who was a Christian brother who's now passed away, Brother Bozang. Yeah. Um, I knew what I wanted to say, but in fairness to him, he kind of put the the glass or he put the shine on the speech. So, like basically yeah. trying to trying to memorize that and not forget it. Um, uh, and then, yeah, by God, like kind of was I relieved when the speech was over because basically what you call it um uh I, I I just said you just didn't want to you just want to, you just didn't want to mess up the speech yeah um I just want to it was an amazing speech by the way but I just want to go back to how we met um I I think I met you back then when you won the All-Ireland briefly but um I most recently met you in Anishanin and um, your wife Siobhan has a coffee van there called the Quirky Kitchen which does right. amazing coffee and, and cakes and sandwiches and stuff. Um, but I I approached you because I, I always thought you were, you know, a man of integrity and you just had a great presence about you. And I, I just thought it would be an amazing interview. So I approached you and I tried to give you um, a brief summary of my page in a way. And I just went off in a big spiel about, you know, hormones <laughs> and like <laughs> menopause and stuff. And I, you very graciously asked, you know, what kind of angle I'd be taking with you? Because I think I'd say you would say, what is, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. And and then I, I told you I'd be <laughs> from the angle of sports and emotional resilience and stuff. And I could see the relief washing off your face. And you were just like, oh, thank God. Um, but I mean, we can talk about hormones if you want to. And like, I have <laughs> no plans about that. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to say, yeah, thanks for doing the interview because um, I, I think it's it's great. And, and I'll get into later on how hurling um, and camogie has made an impact in my life. But um, I just want to go back to your early life um, because you weren't born in Ireland. So can you tell us a bit about that and how you ended up coming to Ireland? Uh, yeah, so... Um, so and, and this is important for people to understand me to have to understand my background, where I've come from, because um, anyone that wouldn't know me know, can um, like, so the first thing they would meet me, I'd imagine like that it would be the biggest irony, like to them where, to the visual eye, and then as people can see, I don't look Irish, far from it, you know, can I, I carry a lot of my mum's genes, she's from the island of Rotuma, which is in the South Pacific Island, 
it's one of the Fijian islands. So when they see me with dark hair, sallow skin, and the night can get very dark during the summer when, you know, if, 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 if we do have a hot summer, I can get very uh, dark. So, um, so when people see me, I'd imagine like, and I did have opinions, like, you know what I mean? Conjured up at that stage until I open my mouth and they're saying like, WTF, what's going on here? Um, he's Irish or he talks Irish or kind of, so, um, so to understand that, you have to understand kind of, um, say we're all staffed for me, right? So um, my dad is Irish. He's from County Fermanagh, which is up in Ulster. Um, uh, up in uh, up in Northern Ireland. Um, so when my dad was in his late teens, he left County Fermanagh, and he went working in Glasgow, in Scotland. So he worked there for a few years, and they advertised working visas to either go to three countries: South Africa, Canada, or Australia. So himself and some of his, some of his mates decided to go to Australia. So off he went to Australia in the seventies and worked all over Australia. So while 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 in Australia, he went on a holiday with a few of his mates to Fiji. My mom, who had left her small island of Rotuma. When she finished school, she went to the mainland in Fiji and worked in hotel. So when my dad went on holidays, that's how they met. Um, and then st- started up a serious relationship. And then next then comes me. Okay. So um, I was born on my mum's island in Rotuma. Um, so... I, 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 I remember nothing, say, of my very early days in Rotuma because I was only there till about eight, nine months of age. Left, left the island and myself and my mum would have joined dad who was like kind of based full time in Australia. OK, so he's based in Sydney, working in Sydney. So life for me, as I remember as a childhood, is growing up in Sydney from, you know, two years of age to 10 years of age. Yeah. So I would have I, I would have very vivid memories growing up in Sydney, Australia, up to 10 years of age. So. Um, um, so come 1988. Dad having the romantic image of Ireland, you know, kind of um, the size, because I was 10, eldest of five at the time, because my youngest, um, my youngest sister, Aideen, was born when we came to Cork, so there was only five of us in Australia. So I was the, I was the eldest of five, um, I suppose, having reached 10 years of age. So... That at that stage kind of like has a dilemma if he what you call it um, if, 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 if like if he's going to bring up a family up in Ireland 
to kind of get them immersed in the Irish culture, you know, play Gaelic games, speak the Irish language. No was the time to move because if he had let it go another year or two, maybe to what I mean, kind of maybe it could have been too late, especially for me at that stage, being a 12 or a 13 year old. So in 1988, he says that what you call it, we're leaving and we're going back to Ireland. So that brings me to the greatest country in Ireland, which is Cork. We, we arrived in Cork in 1988. Um, and that's where life for me in Ireland kind of takes over then. Um, um, I, I, looking back, you know, I, had, uh, I had a great childhood in Sydney, loved it. Um, I mean, anything a young kid could ever wish for was there, you know, kind of like you're growing up in a great climate. Yeah. I hardly remember walking around in a long pants. It was just always in shorts. Um, um, I mean, going to the beach on a regular basis, um, I had a big oval up the road, kind of, um, which which is a playing park, um, which fulfilled my kind of, I suppose, um, my sporting interest. You had a fifty meter public pool, then you know, just across the road from that. Um, I had a lot of cousins on my mum's side living in Sydney, where we'd meet up on a regular basis, and. Life, life, life was great, you know, yeah. for me back then. Eh? Um, so you can imagine then come 1988 when dad announces that we're going back to Ireland, um, how much of a, you know, how much of a bombshell that was, you know, for the likes of me or my other brothers and sisters. Maybe they were a bit too young to realise, I mean, when I think of Satanta was only four and he's actually three, they were probably too young to realize the significance of that move. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but, um, but the first striking difference when I come to Cork is like you leave your friends that you once knew in Sydney behind you and you're coming to a new area where you don't know anyone. Um, you kind of, look different from the get-go because basically I grew up in a neighbourhood where there was a lot of, you know, other nationalities and then there was like um, a multicultural mix where I come to Cork back then, settled up the north side, which was pretty much um, a white society back then, you know, kind of... Um, um, so it was a complete culture change to what I was known, you know, like to, to, to what I was used to in Sydney, Australia. So um, um, to say that life was a struggle starting in Cork was an understatement. Um, and I, I like I hated it. And and then and then and then and then I like in, in ways then I, I I resent my parents because of that, you know, kind of at that time. Do you know what I mean? As as, as the years move on, that resentment starts to lessen and lessen as, you know, life starts to, what you call it, uh, move on for me in Cork. But in, in my first, especially first, second, third year, um, like, like, Claire, I honestly thought that we were going to Cork on a holiday and that I was waiting for dad 
to prologue the return ticket that we could go back to Sydney and then kind of get back to life as, you know, life as it was back then. Um, and I kind of realized after probably the third Christmas that there was no return ticket, that, we were, yeah. that this was a one-way ticket and then we were here for the long haul. So um, I can't imagine um, that kind of culture shock. Um, and I remember reading, you said somewhere that um, you weren't ready for Ireland and Ireland wasn't ready for you. And I can only imagine, um, because I remember how backward Ireland was back then in the 80s, the 90s, and it still is to some extent, um, but I would imagine that there was a there was a few um, narrow minded kind of racists that would, um, you know, show show racial slurs at you. And I, I know you mentioned that in your autobiography um, and I can't imagine the kind of hurt that that would um, feel like for a little boy that has just been thrown into the, this kind of culture um, freezing and, you know, and that kind of. Um, abuse then that would have been um, said you know in passing by children and and I presume some adults as well um, and I just wanted to commend you for actually speaking about that in your book and in interviews because I feel like people like you are kind of paving the way for Ireland to be a more diverse country um, and by speaking out you're you're making people aware that this kind of thing has happened and, and still probably does happen to some extent but um i really appreciate you speaking out about that because um it's very necessary and i can't imagine that how that would have felt and i know in your book you kind of say that you'd you know brush it off or you know um things like that but yeah how did that feel like yeah um um Again, you know, kind of, you'd have like mixed feelings to like mixed feelings in that like uh, and that experience. Um, um, like obviously enough, it's hard enough. You know, kind of, I suppose going to a new place and trying to fit in and trying to, you know, trying to get on with normal day life without having to, you know, be subject to, um, you know, being called things, but. Um, in a way, that was just that was just that was just part of life. Do you know what I mean? Like, kind of as we knew it back then, and you 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 know, you just had to get on with it as as, as best you could. Um, look, is it an is it ideal? Absolutely not. Far from it. Um, um, but then, you know, kind of as as an older person now, trying to rationalise, you know, back to that time. Um, um and a lot of it is down to the education piece you know i suppose back then um like you could you could try and understand from the other side you know kind of um when you don't have other nationalities you know what i mean living in the place and it's a very mono society you know what i mean you could understand when someone that looks different or not might be perceived as different comes in. Do you know what I mean? You can understand why they could be threatened by that. Do you know what I mean? And then, uh, and then just unfortunately, kind of when someone is threatened, they probably do things like they probably don't mean, you know, be needed at all. Like, uh, and, and then like Claire, I guess a lot of that was, um, they, they just, they just didn't understand, you know, the situation back then. Not through their own fault, you know what I mean? Kind of, and um, 
Um, and I suppose where I started, where I started to see changes in people's understanding of my background, do you know what I mean, was in the local J club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, jo- I, I joined the local J club, the piercing, which was just up the road from the first house we settled, settled into Cork. And the fact that people were senior coming in twice, three times a week training, mm-hmm. um, Mum used to walk me up to training, do you know what I mean? So they'd see mum, they'd start to talk. And mum, gradually over time, this people start realizing, I mean, these people have, like, they have the same challenges as we do, do you know what I mean? Everyday life, trying to, you know, bring up a son, you know, trying to get him educated, kind of, and... And and then and then and then what you find over time then is like um we just became part and parcel of local community life then, do you know what I mean? And we went from you know being a novelty family, do you know what I mean, in the neighborhood to one of their own, do you know? And um, there's a lot of things I could give out about the association, the GA, do you know what I mean? Kind of did do some things wrong. But the one thing that I would kind of commend the association for is um, um, the, the community spirit that it, you know, I suppose promotes or cultivates, do you know what I mean? Kind of in local areas, parishes, you name it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, and then, like only, only, only for that, I couldn't imagine. Do you know what I mean? Kind of what life might have been. Do you know what I mean? Kind of like, uh, or only for that settling period. Like, do you know? Yeah, I read. Um, like, I naively kind of thought that you were just you had a natural skill for hurling, and you had like a natural skill for learning Irish fluently, and. That was that was so naive of me, but I, I genuinely thought that you just always had that skill for hurling. And um, when I read your book, I was taken back by the, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into the training, and um, and even learning Irish. Like you had tutoring, and you you just you just you're so focused um, and just trying to get to that stage where you know you you weren't falling behind and stuff like that. I was actually exhausted reading the book. And reading about the level of training that you guys did, um, coming up to big games and stuff, it just looked absolutely exhausting. Um, and while other people are off, kind of drinking and you know socialising or doing what you do in your twenties, enjoying life, yeah, kind of like I, it's I, 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 yeah, it's it's remarkably clear. Like it's only when it, it it's only when you're gone from the game and you start to live a normal life again and you compare that to, do you know what I mean, the 10-year period, like, you know, when you're, when you're committed to playing at the top level on a voluntary basis, do you know what I mean? It's not like that you're getting paid for this, kind of, like, you do have to give hats off to, you know, I suppose, athletes or players um, that go through that process, do you know what I mean? And, and then, like, uh, don't get me wrong sport like like sport sport is a great medium for people to express themselves do you know what I mean and 
uh, and even the social interaction that you get from sport, meeting other people, you know, from other backgrounds like myself, you know, yeah. growing up. Um, um, but sport at a very top level is, it's, it's not a natural living existence, do you know what I mean? Because um, um, it, it, it can be very, oh, um, um, it, it's, it, it's a very hard, harsh environment, do you know what I mean? It's an environment of rejection, really, do you know? Um, that you're not good enough, go again, um, or... Um, or you invest so much time into something and 90% of it is disappointment because there can only be one winner, unfortunately, like, you know, at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and, and then if you're not one of them, then, do you know what I mean? Your year is a failure. Um, so sport at the very top level is very unnatural. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, um, but that's not to take away, do you know what I mean? The benefits of what general sport is, the people, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't knock that, but like, can I, like what I did for 16 years of my adult life, you know, when I was involved with Cork, um, um, there's a there's a price to pay, you know, yeah. could, uh, and then and and you do that, and then look, don't get me wrong, I, I was very one of the fortunate ones that did get something out of that 16 years, you know, could, uh, as you mentioned there, I was part of three all around winning teams, do you know what I mean, can uh, I mean, I, I fulfilled my teenage dream when I came to Cork, wanting to win an All-Ireland Senior Medal. You know, can I, not alone did I do that once, but I did that a couple of times, you know, can I, with the help of my teammates, you know, can I, um, but I see, I see other players from other counties who would have put in the same sacrifices and I mean, they didn't, they, they didn't get the same return out of it. Do you know what I mean? So, like, can I, I like, I do consider myself very fortunate, like that. Yeah, for all the time invested, at least I got something back out of it. Like, do you know what I mean? Can I? But, um, um, but 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 I, uh, and then and then, see, and then when you. When you get out of that environment and then when you try and live your journey, kind of day-to-day life afterwards, you soon realize like that it's 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 not a it's not all about the winning and losing, you know, especially the winning. It's like uh, it's it's uh, for me you now it's trying to draw on the skills or the transferable skills that I say learned through my playing years and try to play trying to apply it to the greater good. In my everyday life, that's that's what I try and see. that's what I try and kind of see my sixteen-year block playing with Cork. Yeah. What can I use from that? There's there's some stuff that I wouldn't I wouldn't dare touch. Do you know what I mean? Kind of and trying to apply it to my you know everyday life. No, as a normal punter, just trying to get on in life as you are or someone else. Do you know what I mean? Kind of for that matter. But it's trying to it's trying to draw on the transferable skills and um uh, and apply it to the greater good. Um, but um, I, yeah, because I remember in your book you mentioned that um, and I I always personally found supporters were very harsh like some supporters kind of very fickle you know like they're they're your greatest fan when you're playing good and then you might have an off day and it's just like abuse and booing and 
And I remember in your book, you, you mentioned that, I, I can't remember which player it was, but that he looked a bit tired on the way to the game. And you were like, oh, you're right. And he said, oh, I was just up at the crack of dawn milking the cows this morning. And there's kind of no awareness from the supporters that he all did have a full-time job and, um, and you might be a bit tired or you might, like somebody has to lose, but there was never that kind of leeway from some supporters. Um, and I just found that really harsh. I, I don't know personally, could I um, endure that level of criticism and disappointment? And, um, and, and I know I don't alone Cusack, like that scrutiny and, on his sexuality even. Um, I mean, I watched an interview the day and I was kind of thinking, it's no one's business, like, you know, who cares? But, yeah. but there, was that, <laughs> there was that load of attention around that. Um, and he he's just so composed um, he's, he comes across that I've never met him but he, you know in just the way the manner that he dealt with that um, and I remember um, just reading about you just being out and you might just be going to meet your wife for lunch or something and you'd be stopped in the street I don't know how many times where somebody would want to talk about the game and um, and you'd, you'd be late for meeting your, your wife and then you try to pretend that you were on the phone so that they might, you know, go always oh, on the phone and leave them. But they used to they used to wait patiently until you got off your fake phone call. And I, I just thought, wow, like I, I don't know um if I could deal with that. I mean, you come across as very kind of um balanced and kind of grounded, but does it bother you the way people kind of feel like they know you? Because um I, I presume you would have got that over the years that, that people think you, because you grew up in, in this kind of spotlight that they think that they know you. Um, yeah, uh, in, a, in a nutshell, Claire, um, and it's like, I'm looking at you wearing that Cork, Cork jersey, right? And as soon as you wear that Cork jersey, you're public property. It's as simple as, I, and like, that jersey might seem red to people outside of Cork. They're just red and white. But that red jersey that you're wearing, that has a deeper understanding. It's embedded into history, culture. It's 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 a brand name that's envy to other counties in Ireland. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, and as a young player, I suppose you don't understand that at the time as a young player because all that you want to do is you want to you want to make the team. You want to start playing. You know, kind of, um, um, you want to you, you want to get closer to the journey of fulfilling your like childhood dream of journaling, playing with Cork and then winning for Cork. Um, but I found I found in my say my I suppose the middle stage of my playing career. I suppose the significance and the importance of wearing that red jersey and what it means to what it means to cork people um i mean a lot of the cork a lot of corkonians i would say most corkonians um their their living existence or their week depends on whether you win on a sunday or not if you win on a sunday they have a great week if you lose, they have a shocking week. Do you know what I mean? That's the way. <laughs> that's it. That's just the way it is. Do you know? Um, and um, uh, and in a way, Claire, I, 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 I reveled in that. Do you know what I mean? Kind of the fact that you were representing 
a history of a hundred and odd years. Do you know what I mean? Knowing that great people have done, do you know, have worn that jersey before, yeah, and then basically what have kind of helped make that brand name what it is today. And then basically there you are then. Yeah. You're carrying on that, you know, you're carrying on that torch and flight. So like can I um um so that's the benefits, do you know what I mean? That like I mean that's the benefits of uh running, but it like it does it does take its toll clear, definitely. Yeah. And then that toll is that toll is like kind of um uh when when people want to talk to you, they demand that to talk to you, you know. Um um, um if they want you to do something they, and then and then and then for the simple reason is I mean the, the view is public property like you know uh and and then I kinda I I, I started to kind of realize from a very early stage like with that kind of attention and focus and um um I suppose bordering on kamikaze support that look, it's 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 better to go along with it than not. Do you know what I mean? Can I, so and then and then and then during my playing career, I just incorporated as being part of a cork player. It was like the same as training a couple of times a week. Um or going to play matches, another part and parcel with that was meeting, talking to supporters, fans on the street or after games. That was, you know, that was, um, uh, like that was that. And in another, in another funny way, though, it's one of the unique things, Claire. I suppose of the J, unlike other sports where. A lot of kids in other sports, they don't like they have no real tangible connection with their you know with the players. The only connection I suppose someone would have with Messi in Ireland would be or Ronaldo would be through TV. Mm. You know, can I, you might have a kid he, he follow or he or she follows Barcelona and Messi would be like probably the marquee name. They'll only they'll never the chances are they'll never get to see Messi in real life. Do you know what I mean? Can I, where when I was growing up, my hero was a fellow by the name of Tony Sullivan who played in the same club. And like to see Tony on a Tuesday night when I was training and he was up there and he'd come over and he'd talk to you or he'd shake your hand was like, oh, it's like... That was, geez, that was like Christmas Day. I said, geez, Tony, like, sure, I saw him there last Sunday down Parky Key playing in front of 60,000 people. He's talking to me. He's even kind of asking me how am I getting on, like, you know? So, like, kind of, um, it is one of the, it is one of the unique things about the association. And I hope that continues to, you know, that continues to say, but yeah, like, like, so, so they're the benefit, but like, like, unfortunately, when you don't, I, as a player, when you don't, um, when you when you don't reach the standards that, say, Cork people expected to reach, well, then that's where the criticism comes in, you know, because uh, and then, and then the reason why the reason why clear Cork people have a lot of high standards is because basically, 
in their in their mind, body, and soul, the winners. Because I mean, we're just used to hurling football. We're just used to winning. Do you know what people expect it? Um, we're used to producing kind of great over the years. Roy Keane, Sonia Sullivan. Do you know what I mean? Kind of Ronan O'Gara. Kind of go back to Jack Lynch, Taoiseach of the country, Chrissy Ring. Do you know? the greatest probably hurler that graced, do you know what I mean, kind of, um, the grounds. Neil Tobin, one of the, do you know what I mean, kind of, great actor in his day. Um, I could go on and on, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like basically, like, we're just a county that have produced great people and winners that it just rubs off in the public that they expect that all the time, yeah. do you know, kind of, um, and, and, and like, in a, like, in, in a way, clear. It's good to have that pressure as well, but I always, I always felt if you went into competition or if you went into game not having, um, uh, not you know, not putting that pressure on you, can um, um, I always felt that was the extra percent that could get you over the line. Do you know what I mean? Like, can uh, having to perform under pressure, um, and then, and then like. All that I've done from that experience, clear is when when I when I get into pressurized situations in my life now, whether through work or other stuff, the fact that the fact that I've kind of or been involved with a team that can deliver under pressure, do you know what I mean? I draw on that, do you know, kind of I draw on that, um, um. To, to keep calm, collected, keep focused, like I did in my playing days, do you know what I mean? To try and deliver under pressure and then probably um, not focus on the end game, which is trying to win something, but like focus on the process and getting you to the end game, which is the performance, do you know what I mean? So, like, um, uh, so yeah, look. Yeah, did Sean I mean, cop abuse over the years? Can I from absolutely because basically I didn't play well all the time. Can I? Um, I'd like to feel that I played well all the time, but I didn't. That's just a fact. You're not going to play well all the time. I've had a few bad games. I, 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 I like. I've had a few bad games on big days. Do you know what I mean? Certain all Ireland finals. Do you know what I mean? I just didn't perform. Do you know what I mean? And then, uh, and then, and then, and then, cop that. Do you know? Uh, and then, um, um, but, but but it's just, um, it's 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 about the learning process and picking yourself up and going again. That was the real kind of key learning for me, like that I've just taken from that and applied it to my. You know, um, everyday life. You know, kind of. You're your biggest critic, and um, and even when then you would have faced criticism on the pitch, you kind of faced it at home then as well, and it, that's kind of mentioned in your book. Um, and it's hard, like it's hard going emotionally, I would presume, um, with that that kind of um criticism and, and abuse over just something like you didn't you know you know you didn't score that there you didn't play to your best ability um it just seems very harsh to me and um i just wonder like i know i suppose going back to to me um hurling when i 
I went through a, a part a phase in my life where I um, emotionally, mentally, I wasn't in a good space. Um, I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't find any enjoyment in anything, food or, um, you know, socializing or anything. And I basically kind of wouldn't leave the house. And um, I could, it took a lot for me to even string a sentence together. That's how... Yeah. Um, that's how bad I was. That's how down and depressed and um, just emotionally drained I was. And one day I um, I saw Hurley and the Slither and uh, I decided to just go out the back garden and just pop, pop that against the wall, the Slither against the wall. And um, it, I did that for about two hours, I think, on that on that night. And oh. I, and I was that's on, a lot of that's a lot of cooking against the wall. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> you I, must have hit ten thousand slitters. I know. You must have had ten thousand shots that night. Yeah, yeah two was, hours cooking again. I had loads of stuff to do in the house. Um, I had loads of cleaning and you know mom stuff to do. But I just I needed that, and for that two hours or however long it was, it um it just took me out of my head and just that repetition. I, I don't know what possessed me to pick it up. To be honest, because. Um, I, I wouldn't have for years before that but um, that's that's one thing that kind of stuck out in my head um, and when I started kind of improving I, I went back and just did some training for Komogi I'm not um, yeah. in any way like a decent player but I just love that kind of sense of community and um, and I I always remembered that them, them couple of nights that I did that out the back garden on my own and I must have looked batshit like but um i just felt like <laughs> it, it, it really it, it kind of started my healing journey i think um but i wonder for you um with all that criticism and all that um kind of abuse that you would have dealt with over the years does that kind of come up for you again when you're having a bad day did those kind of um thoughts or you know i'm not good enough did, does that kind of thing happen when you're having a, an off day Nowadays, yeah, I mean, you know, words like disappoint. I, I, I like when I hear words like disappointment, not good enough. Um, it, it, it still haunts me because basically that's what you hear as a young kid growing up. You know, kind of like just hopping into the car like um, after a game, and then that's it. Jesus, I was disappointed with you today. Do you know what I mean? And then that correlation between that word back as a young kid still when you hear it to this day do you know what I mean it still has like a, a resonating do you know what I mean a resonating like effect um, um, and like back back to your story when you when you mentioned there you know about getting the ball and just poking the ball off the wall for two hours so um sport was my strength but it was my weakness as well because the the weakness was playing it and especially can I um, say playing it under say like under a father who no matter what you did was just never do you know what I mean? Good enough for him. So, um, so like you, 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 you would get criticism, but then the only way for me to release that anger was on the playing pitch. Yeah. The way I'd imagine when you were going through a tough time there, and you mentioned just poking the ball, 
it felt good because basically I'd imagine there was a part of that you were just releasing anger and stress that you were going and then and then so that's that's where that's where playing hurling was kind of lifesaver for me that stuff that I would have been kind of going through during cop and criticism left right and center the only way that I could express myself and be happy about it was on the pitch yeah. um and and then that's that's what that's that's what I suppose kept me somewhat sane, do you know what I mean? And um and then and then kept me, I suppose, um got me through my teenage years, you know, kinda um um but yeah, um um and I see yeah, at times, like what I've gone through, kind of periods of depression, like like looking back on it, yes. But back then, I, I I was, but I probably didn't, I probably didn't know what the word for it was at the time. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of, but yes, you would get down. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, because like you you be trying your damn hardest, but all that you were getting most of the time was can be better, not good enough, can be better, go again, you know, kind of, um, um, and it's, it's very hard to take when you're, when you're absolutely given everything you can, do you know what I mean, kind of, but it's just not being recognised by someone else, you know, so, um, 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 and, yeah, I, I mean, two. I suppose, I, I, I suppose there was two catalysts for change in my teenage years. One was playing with the school, um, where I had I had good success playing with the school, but I I I I had a couple of coaches, um, who were. Great mentors, you know. Can I? I like. I like. They, they were so great. Clear. Do you know what I do? Teams that in coaching now, I go back to the stuff that they were doing. That, that like, and then they were doing that thirty years ago, which would be seen as old fashioned and old school. Do you know what I mean? But like, basically, um, I still, I, 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 I still draw and use techniques and coaching kind of drills that they would have done back 30 years ago because I think it's just universal what they were doing do you know what I mean like it would fit in any era or generation what they were doing so so I had three I had three excellent well they were teachers but like they were uh, they were hurling coaches as well um, and they were probably they were probably the first three coaches that probably, I, I suppose, not alone recognised but appreciated my talent. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the, uh, uh, and they, what you call it? Um, you know, it's good. Like it always feels good when someone comes over and they says, "You know what?" You had a very good game there, do you know what I mean? I'm delighted with you. Do you know, like even to say that to young kids, do you know, kind of, uh, and 
And it's not that I'm looking for that all the time, but you know what I mean? Kind of when you're working hard and you want some form of justification, when you hear words like that, that's very heartening for the soul or like, and for the mind as well. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, so I suppose um, it was from that period playing with the school, like for the, my last three years with the school, um, dealing with those coaches gave me great confidence. Do you know what I mean? To kind of, um, to, I suppose kick it up to another level and then when I and then and then after that then I started progressing onto the Cork teams and then when I was dealing with I had coaches who had previously played with Cork say 20 years before that won all all the medals and then basically what you call it when they were um, I mean they'll easily critique it but when they were giving you what you call it praise you know, for, for your performances and what you were doing, I kind of realised, I said, look, these guys have to know something because they've gone through it. They played with Cork at a high level. Yeah. They've won all Orleans. Surely they must know what it takes to, you know, or they'd know, they'd know, like, kind of qualities or attributes that a player would need to, to get there. And then they're praising me because I'm doing correct things. So, through that type of maybe healing process or confirmation that you were doing something right, do you know what I mean? That gave me huge confidence. Like, but, uh, and, then, and then I suppose I never looked back after that, clear, do you know what I mean? From that endorsement from those schools, coaches, and my earlier coaches were Cork. Um, um, and then because previous to that it was just all negative 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 not good enough negative negative not good enough not good enough negative i'm disappointed with you you're a disgrace do you know what i mean so basically what you call it so when i i went from that to doing great with a bit of more improvement on this do you know what i mean we reckon we could get you to you know another level like even even that is like validated soul lifting do you know what I mean it's uh, a soul lifting and then when you hear stuff like that it just wants you it, it wants you to go back and then train more and put in more do you know what I mean kind of knowing knowing that what you call it um, uh, like knowing that you can stretch your ability further do you know kind of um, and then and then yeah and then uh, and then that leads me that leads me to my early 20s then um um like i i, I suppose against the run of play uh, i'm part of an all Ireland winning team in 1999 do you know what i mean kind of we weren't expected to do well that year and we win it i'm 23 years of age sorry i'm 22 i'm 22 years of age at that stage um, I mean, I'm after fulfilling my boyhood, you know, boyhood dream of winning all Ireland medal, and I get a taste of it, and I want more. Then after that, you know. Yeah, and it it sounds like you draw on that kind of recognition and that um them that boost that you got. You draw on that when you're having down days and you're feeling like you're not good enough. You kind of think about, okay, hold on, I got I got recognition from. Um, previous players and people that kind of know what the game is about so um 
I think that that's a good way to look at it. And I think for me, I really had to um, enjoy being in my company again because I felt I felt like I wasn't good enough for a long time. And I had to go easy on myself and enjoy being, you know, doing stuff on my own and um and giving myself a break and saying I and 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 a lot of the time I would feel like people don't know me either. And and I'm not a high profile person, but um growing up I suppose I would have been a bit of a messer. And yeah. um and now I love writing in college, I love writing papers and stuff. And people would say, Oh, there's a change for the books. And I kind of think, but it's not because I always loved writing. I always loved yeah. food. I might have been a messer and I might have been disruptive, but I always loved writing stuff and stories and all that. So um, I like people people think that they know you, but I, I don't think they do. And I suppose you you had such a high profile and were so well known that I, I would imagine that people like think have a lot of presumptions about you as well. Yeah, I mean, you're trial by public, really, like, yeah. you know, can I, and then, see, I would have got probably more publicity than other players because my unique background, you know, it's not, it's not every day of the week where you get someone, like, with a Fijian background, you know, that's playing with Cork, it just doesn't happen, like, you know, can I, well, in today's terms, we are starting to see, you know, at club level, you know, people with like different backgrounds now participating and playing other sports, which is a great sign. You know, it's always heart lifting for me. Kind of, I mean, in our own club, we, you know, we have, we have, um, um, we've a couple of our playing members, you know what I mean? Kind of who would have the, the mom or dad uh, are not Irish, you know what I mean? And then, and then I always, uh, like, I always see it like, kind of, um, um heartlifting as well when I'm coaching I'm coaching my own club and then we play other teams who have kids from similar backgrounds that I would have came from, you know, playing. Um because back 30 years ago, kinda I was probably the only person to run kinda um so it's uh so it's great to see. But like yeah um um I I like I would have got I would have got, um, I, I mean, a big spot, a spotlight on me because, um, uh, because of my mixed background, yeah. And then, um, and I suppose there wasn't a week or a year that went by when I was playing where, you know, I would have been featured doing something or, you know, having done something or, and then, and then, um, uh, and, and, and it's funny then, because when people then meet you in real life, then, you know, kind of, Jesus, you're like, you're sound. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Like, and I'm sorry, this is me, like, and, uh, and but, or, geez, you're all right. I thought you were kind of, um, and yeah, I like, I know what I I I know what could get into people's minds, you know. Would they think you're probably something different? Do you know what I mean? Can I to when they meet you in real life? Can I push them? Um, or or you're normal? That's the other thing. Jeez, you're normal. Can I? You've two arms, two legs, you've a head. Yeah. Can I? Um, I, I, what else would you think I was going to be? Do you know? I know. Can I? Um, 
but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's funny when you uh, it, it, it's funny when you meet people and you come across conversations like that, like you know. But um, um, and it yeah, it's it's about breaking barriers, career. Do you know what I mean? And then just what you call it, um, um, and then trying to trying to show people that you're just as normal as them. Do you know what I mean? Okay, Grant, you wore a red jersey for 16 years. Yeah, that would give you some kind of status or platform for a while. But strip it down, take off the red jersey. I'm just normal like you. Do you know, can I, I have the same challenges. I have the same struggles. Do you know what I mean? Can I, I have a mortgage to pay. Do you know what I mean? Same as you. Can I, I have to put food in the table, same as you. Do you know what I mean? Can I, I have, I have this, I have that. Do you know? Can I, so, um, um, and then once people, when once people start to kind of get that or realize that, do you know what I mean? Then, back to your question, Claire, or back to your like an era, they they get you then at that stage, like you know, kind of. But sometimes, sometimes when you're playing sport, it can muddy the water. Sometimes, you know, kind of. Yeah, um, I suppose, like reading your book, um, as players, um, you stood up for what you believed in in those times that you striked uh, for better conditions, um, and you come across to me as somebody that wouldn't have taken that decision lightly, um, by any means. Um, and I think that's where the similarity is. I, I started a new way um, because I, I'm standing up for what I believe in. And I found that when I sought help for my mental health, I felt the system was a bit flawed in its kind of one, one approach fits all. Um, and I wanted to do something about that. And I wanted to look at it more like kind of humanely and person to person and um, look at people's environments um, and the kind of struggles and traumas and loneliness and life adversities they would have felt uh, before they sought help for their mental health. Um, and, I, and I know you spoke before about how sport um, gave you the, the greatest human needs of all. Do you remember what that is? Or what I tell you? Um, to be loved or to be belong to something, yeah. yeah, and that connection, and yeah. um, um, and it's 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 so true. There, can um, I mean, you you'd ask a kid and you say, "Look, what's the greatest human need? Oh, money, sir. You know, right. can I, uh, oh, having a car. You know, or can I? Uh, they'd, they'd always they'd always say." they always call out something that's materialistic, do you know what I mean? But I says, no, it's, uh, it's to be accepted, to be loved, to be to belonging to something. And um, so my, my life since leaving Australia, coming here, has always been a struggle that way because basically, I, and I, 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 it's funny, Claire, like, can I, you you grew up in Sydney, Australia as a young kid, and then you hear great stories about how great Ireland is and the country is through dad, do you know what I mean? Because dad would have had this, you know, picture of Ireland in his head, do you know what I mean? Kind of, um, 
Um, and then, and then, and then that's great. And then you, you go to Ireland expecting a certain, do you know what I mean? The kind of with an expectation, and then basically you find then <laughs> it's far from, do you know what I mean? It's far, it's far from the Ireland that you would have heard of growing up and uh, growing up, growing up in Australia. Do you know what I mean? And then basically, uh, um, you 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 feel different. You know, you feel different. You feel like that. You probably that they don't want you here. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then basically, then you lose that sense of belonging. Then, do you know what I mean? And then, um, and then this is this is why I would be always like kind of indebted to the J because the J what what the J did was kind of fill that vacuum of belonging. Do you know what I mean? So basically, so when I started playing with the Pearshig, over time. I felt welcome and part of their cause. Do you know what I mean? Like, or kind of acceptance. Um, um, and since I've stayed involved in sport, there's always been that sense of belonging there. Do you know what I mean? Like, kind of, uh, whether it's playing sport with the club, the school, or with Cork. Do you know what I mean? So, um, um, uh, and it is, yeah, it is kind of, um, it's what you call it. It's it's a huge endorsement for a human being. Do you know what I mean? Like to be loved by someone or to be wanted by someone or to be appreciated, you know? Um, um, and and then, yeah, and then look, like long, long may it continue, you know, long may, uh, long may it continue. What kind of things do you do nowadays to kind of balance your emotional well-being? I know I've, I've taken up like swimming, sea swimming, um, and I'm very mindful about what I put into my body and how exercise kind of helps um, mentally. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of things would you do? Um, so I'm at my most happiest when I'm doing something sports related. Yeah. Because... Yeah? I mentioned earlier on in our talk that the, what you call it, sport was a great way for me to express how I felt, do you know what I mean, kind of, or to whatever anger that I had inside of me, do you know what I mean, to just release it, do you know what I mean, kind of, and it wasn't released in a bad way to hit other people, none whatsoever, but it was just like to exercise it off, do you know what I mean, kind of, um, and and it's still the same to this day. Um, um, a great way for me to kind of um, uh, to be emotionally like kind of well uh, well being is do do an exercise, be active. Yeah. yeah? Um, um, okay, I no longer play with the team. Do you know what I mean? Kind of that's fine. Um, but I do training for you. You're like you. You go sea swimming. Do you know what I mean? For me, I go to the park. I do a run. I go to the gym. Do you know, kind of, um, and I try and keep. I try and keep a routine. Do you know, kind of, um, because by giving me a routine, so I have my head next week. There, I'm running Monday, gym Tuesday, running Wednesday, rest Thursday. Gym Friday, 
so at least that gives me something to look forward to next week. Do you know what I mean? It occupies my mind for the good. Do you know what I mean? Knowing that I have something to look forward to. Do you know what I mean? Can I? It's not like that. Um, it's not like that. I'm sitting on my couch and there's a void there. Like, do you know what I mean? Can I trying to decide what I'm gonna do? Do you know what I mean? So by having a routine knowing what I'm going to be doing next Wednesday or even um, or even trying to plan out. Like, I would do the same with training, but the same with eating. Do you know what I mean? Next Sunday, yeah, I'll have chicken next Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Fish on a Monday. Like, even... So, it just, what you call it, um, it, it makes my weeks shorter and it gives me something to look forward to all the time. Do you know what I mean? And then maybe that's something like that I've taken from my sport because yeah. my like like w- 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 when you're involved in sport at the high level, your life becomes very organized and structured. It has to be. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It has to be. You have to be like if training is at seven, do you know what I mean? You have to be there. Do you know what I mean? At seven, you don't think about seven o'clock, you think about the process, what you what you're doing from the moment you wake up that day. Leading up to seven o'clock, do you know what I mean? So, like, can I, so I know other people can view that as very regimental, but like, can I, um, uh, it works, it works for me. Uh, another thing that I can I like, which is good for my mental well being, is or emotional well being, is um, hooking up a former teammate. I don't get to, and it's funny, like, if you ask me, what's the one thing that I miss from my playing days? I, 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 I barely remember, I barely remember the matches that we've won, do you know what I mean? Or where we won them, or can I, like, I barely, uh, what I do remember is, say, the friendship and the bonds that you would have had with teammates, you know, over those years, and then all of a sudden then when players part ways, do you know what I mean? Life gets in the way and they go their own life, do you know, they, they, they live their own life the same way I, I would live my own life. Um, but every now and then kind of getting the opportunity to meet up with former teammates and, and when, do you know, when you meet up with them, the last thing you talk about is games. Yeah. He's like, the last, you, you don't, you talk about, How's life going with you? What are you up to now? Do you know, kind of, how's your wife? How's your kid? Jesus, is Evan 16 years of age? I remember him when he was, you know, young fella. What's he doing? Is he playing? Or, you know, kind of, uh, uh, and, it's, and it's great because, you know what, kind of, it just feeds into the idea that, look, as as, 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 like, as, much as, as much as we love it, and if we had our own time again, we probably wouldn't do anything differently, yeah. but sport to us was only just a tiny segment of your long life. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and it's good to talk about. I love meeting up with family and friends mm-hmm. because for me, meeting up with family and friends as like they don't identify you through sport, they identify you through the person you are. Yeah. You know, kind of, um, uh, and unfortunately, that's the danger with a lot of kind of sports athletes, sport athletes that finish up playing, you know, um, 
if develop too much of an athletic identity, do you know what I mean? Can, um, people will always view them for that athletic identity, do you know what I mean? And not other capabilities that they might have as a human being. Yeah? Can I, I hope I'm making sense here when I'm saying that, yeah? Um, where if you meet your family and friends that knew you even before you poked the ball or kicked the ball, do you know what I mean? They'll still view for the for the same person you are, do you know what I mean? So, um, um, so like, don't I, even, even going on a holiday, Claire, is good for the... Yeah. You know, kind of... Uh, good to get away, get your own space and... Another thing that I do every day, just before I go to bed, I watch TV for an hour on my own. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I find that very refreshing for me. Do you know what I mean? That, that one hour probably, that one hour that you have, you know, it's goal and silence, you know, kind of, because life during the day can be very busy between work training teams relationships with your partner or other people that you meet that day and it's good to get your own downtime and space you know and i like using now just watching tv anything anything you know can i i i do that as well sean but um i i was like watching tv and then eating a load of rubbish because i felt like when i could oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but now i i've started making like i have a chopping board and i put strawberries an apple um, and peanut butter and I just sit there and munch away on that and I feel like, you know, Excellent. it's semi-healthy. Yeah. Um, but we'll finish up soon, but um, I, I heard you say in one of your interviews that you you mentioned that you kind of regretted not speaking your mother your mother's um, native language in your speech back in 2005, um, which is Rotuman. Um, Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you have liked to say in that? Oh, um, and, and you want to I do because like I um and 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 the reason like like for the record the reason why I was the reason why I was keen to sp- like speak Irish is um you have to remember now um probably there's a couple of big days in the Irish calendar year that captures the imagination of the Irish public right can I and one one of them is the All Ireland hurling final day. You know, kind of even people from counties that hurling wouldn't be big for some strange reason. They would tune into the All Ireland hurling final day because basically it's the only thing that probably strikes a chord with them of being Irish. You know, kind of you have a Celtic. Celtic warrior game. Do you know what I mean? That goes back centuries and centuries and. As much as Irish dancing, the Irish language, but hurling, hurling is, you know, hurling is a part of who we are. Do you know what I mean? So they were what? So, so I, I, I thought it was no, 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 no better way, no better way, and the biggest Irish calendar year to deliver the deliver the speech in Irish just to fit in with. Oh, cultural day. I would see the All Ireland Hurling Finals as a big cultural day for Irish people. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I was I was keen to deliver in Irish. But afterwards, then, do you know what I mean? When the dust had settled, I said, Well, 
the Irish culture is a bit part of me. It's who I am. But, geez, I'm I, like, I've, I, I've a retooling culture in me as well. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, and if I had my time again, or if I was like Marty McFly in that DeLorean car, do you know, I'd love to, Jesus, go back. Do you know what I mean? Go back and, um, and then amended that speech and put with two more words into it. Do you know what I mean? Because that's that's part of who I am too. Do you know what I mean? Unfortunately, that culture gets overridden when I'm in Ireland because yeah. my only my only connection with that culture is mum. You know, kind of when I meet up with mum, I can speak my mum's language. She. It, yeah, she would throw on Ratuman music. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, she would cook some Ratuman dishes. Do you know what I mean? But other than that, everyday life for me is the Irish culture. Do you know what I mean? So like, can I? Um, oh, if if I had my if I had my time again, I would have incorporated my speech in Ratuman to thank. You know, I suppose really to thank my mom and dad. My coaches at all levels and my teachers you know in Ratuman. um i could even see it in Ratuman if you want to yeah yeah, Can yeah. I, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. no i owe the core out the band no awfully a fiaxis yata i fata ogas ata hunda mo ata hunga singa hasawang no ata koa for mori hiwak out the no lom do no farm at mea no waffle afiaxis or the funny rock the honey rock the haswang no ee e car ma at the code of folk the foe. Fiaxa. Alleluia. Now, see, you, you don't have unfinished business anymore. Now you've, you've done that. You've cleared it up. That was your regret. Jesus, and that's, and that's, you know what? That, that, that's, 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 that's a big line through one of my bucket lists. Yeah. I don't care about it. Thank you. Thanks for fulfilling that yeah. for me. Can I... <laughs> well done, Sean. That was lovely. Um, and I'm sure your mum would be very proud and, and all your relatives. Um, you've you've achieved so many, so much so much stuff in your, you know, 40 whatever years. We won't go there. <laughs> um be kind, no, yeah. yeah. Be kind. <laughs> what, what would you like your legacy to be, Sean? Oh, um. Um, one of the finest hurlers in from Cork. That's what I'd say. Uh, well, do you know what? There was a time there. Yeah, you would have loved to be known as one of that. But I soon realised, Claire, that you know, as soon as you're finished, the best players, Chrissy Ring, kind of probably your greatest hurler, you know, that Cork ever produced. Like played in the forties, fifties, and sixties. Like he he always like he, he said that the best hurlers are yet to come, and it's true. Do you know what I mean? You're only just passing by. Do you know, kind of, you're only just carrying that jersey for a while, and you just try and give it to the next generation coming up, and then, and then, and then there's always better players coming up. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not. I I, I don't want to be known for. I I, I don't I, I don't want to be known for that. Um. But um, Don O'Grady always described me as, so Don O'Grady taught me in school. He was one of the teachers that he was referring to, to the three teachers, like kind of, and he would have 
he would have played a huge part in my hurling development, you know, and then he would have coached me then later on when we were playing with Cork. But he always, he always said about me, he says, yeah, nothing is impossible when you're dealing with that fella, you know, kind of, and I, I, I thought that was a great way, you know, take it for whatever... You could take it for what it is, but I'm taking it for what I think it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, and um, uh, and then I would be, I would like to remember myself or the legacy left, probably along those lines. That yeah. no matter how hard things are, do you know what I mean? There's nothing impossible. Do you know what I mean? You can like anyone can do it. Anyone can achieve. Do you know? Yeah. Thank you so much, Sean. That's that's a lovely note to finish on. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with you and I, I, I just, I loved your book as well. Um, I think you're, you're a great man and um, you're a great role model for young children to look up to as well. So I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me today for a new way. You're, you're most welcome and keep up the great work there. All right. Thanks a million. Sean. Okay. See ya.